Welcome, welcome, welcome to Interesting Enough. He is Trey Samuel. I am Nolan Todd. Thank you guys for joining us once again. If this is your first time listening to the pod, of course, thank you. Uh, Trey, man, we got a lot to get into, man, but we haven't talked since December. How was the holidays? You know, we had, you know, whatever everyone celebrates. Of course, New Year's, man. How you feeling? First oh, the holidays are not done yet. I mean, I don't. they're not done until Martin Luther King Day. Cause I still get a holiday birthday on that day, so they're not done. Oh, the holiday's not done to Dr. King. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. When I when <laughs> that's the last time when they say you got to go back to work for good. Okay, I'm, I'm okay with it, but you know it's not over till then. I I never heard of that. I mean, but yeah, I guess so. Yeah, let's extend the holidays, man. This is the first pod of 2023, Trey. So this is almost doing the pod three years. So I'm glad to you know keep being blessed and being able to do it. But we missed a lot when we was gone. You know what I mean? We missed a lot. We don't have to listen to Mariah Carey anymore. All I want for Christmas, all that stuff is done. It's the new year. You know, college football bowl games have happened. So we're going to get into a little bit of college football. We have some great games, Trey, that we watch. We're going to get into some NBA stuff, of course. Um, but obviously, we got to start with the once very troublesome story of DeMar Hamlin, Trey. But now, as we're currently recording this, obviously, things have turned in a very positive direction. So obviously, everyone knows about the DeMar Hamlin story. Um, if you don't know, obviously, it's hard stopped onto the field. It was a very, um, let's call it a near tragic situation. Um, and now, as of today, Trey, we're recording this on a Sunday. You know, DeMar Hamlin's not only, you know, not, you know we, we've, uh, I guess, progressed, right? He took out the breathing tube. Now he's breathing on his own. He's now tweeting and he's watching the games in the hospital um, with his family. So it's good news there. But, Trey, I just wanted to get, because we didn't talk too much about it. Um, and there's been so many talk about so many different angles. So I'll kind of leave it to you if there's any angle you want to talk about with the DeMar Hamlin situation or maybe just your initial thoughts when it happened because I kind of know where I was when I saw it. I mean, like everybody else says, pretty much said, um, to sum it up, I was just, uh, you know, shocked and uh, saddened by the situation. Uh, I'm not going to go, you know, long details because I'm pretty sure everybody's, you know, we've discussed this far enough at this point where everybody knows about the situation. You know, they're able to recount their own. Uh, vivid images of what they were going through when it happened. But um, like I said, I'm just really happy to see that he's making a full recovery. Like you said, um, I think you said it best. He's sending out tweets right now. Um, some reports have been that he's uh, FaceTimed some of his uh, teammates and the coaches. So I'm yep. just happy to see him make a full recovery. And maybe, hopefully, one day he can get back on the field. But if not, I just hope he has a, is able to lead a normal life. Right, right, right. And, of course, yeah, of course, getting back on the field is not even a priority. So you know, we're, just, we're just glad he's back. I, however, I do. I did want to mention, you know, so I don't want to be too controversial here, but the outpouring of support. So I'm so happy to, to, to hear the outpouring of support, not only from, you know, his brothers that play football on the football field with him, but just all around the world. Right. Like just everyone was feeling the same way. But I don't know. There's like a part of me that kind of feels like everybody knows the risks of the, of the game and people don't really I feel like seem to really care or I, maybe let's not say not care. I think sometimes people seem to ignore this type of stuff when they come to these professional athletes, especially in a violent sport like football, you know, being the example. And so sometimes when I see the outpouring of support and the love, and, and this is actually outside of just the football players, because I know they probably would understand it the most because they're into it, but the outpouring of support across the country and across the world, I, it just feels, a, something about it just feels a little off to me. It kind of feels like, oh, well, now you care because something almost tragic happened, but Am I just being a pessimist or like, can you, do you kind of like feel where I'm coming from with that? Um, I feel where you're coming from. I mean, listen, at the end of the day, I mean, 
nobody's really going to care until something bad happens. I mean, that's a reality of a lot in life. So yeah. I'm not going to say that, that, you know, that's just really tied into football. I think it's tied into most things in life. And I think the support, even though, like you said, it only comes when something bad happens, at least it's good that it's there because sometimes it's not even there, even after the tragedy occurs. So I'm at least happy to see it's there. I'm going to just look at the bright side of it. Yeah. And it, and I guess that's what I've been trying to tell myself, too. But, you know, sometimes my pessimistic mind, it just kind of goes there. But I'm happy for DeMar Hamlin. And, of course, prayers up to him and his family. I know he's on a long journey, right? People, I want people to remember that. Although everything looks good right now, he's got a long journey to get back just to his personal life, what he wants to do. And then also, even like Trey said, even back to the football field. So, you know, I share the same sentiment like everyone else um, around the country and around the world. But, Trey, speaking of my pessimistic self, I got to bring up my complaint of the week. And I know I do this. Every once in a while. So last time we did this trade, I talked about the complaint going into Dunkin' Donuts and I held the door open for um, a woman and then she proceeded to, you know, just be in her own world and, and cut me. Now you said, Trey, pe- I should just keep, keep people the benefit of doubt, right? You said, hey, sometimes people are in their own world. They may have not realized it. They may have not done it on purpose. Well, Trey, let me update you. Not 24, maybe 24 hours ago to this date doing this podcast, I had to go, I had to make a couple, run a couple errands, try, I ran the UPS, had to ship some, some packages off, right? So, you know, I'm in there and you know how the UPS store can get, it can get a little packed, right? So I just want to preface that, you know, it's a Saturday too, people are in there trying to ship, we'll do what they got to do. So here I go, Trey, walk over my stuff. You know, I got, only got one hand free. I was in that situation where I held the door open and the lady was a little bit further. Uh, she did hustle up, Trey, she did hustle up to go ahead and get the spot. So you know this is on my mind now. I'm like, what's she going to do, right? Because we've already talked about this on the podcast. So it's a long line, Trey. It's one of those, you know, you're in a line somewhere where, like, the line's backed up to the door. It's one of those situations. So we op- I open there, and we basically at the door. She goes in first, and guess what happens, Trey? She don't even look back at me ever. Now, she did say thank you. That The previous lady at Dunkin' Donuts did say thank you. She did say thank you, so I want to give her credit. But, but, Trey, she was in front of me. She never even said once, hey, this is your spot, whatever the case may be. Now, this has happened twice, Trey. This is, this is just twice I'm documenting. I'm sure this has happened a lot more in my Wait, life. Wait, then you need to learn your lesson. You need to start holding the door open. So I was going to say, so what's my solution? Because so I either don't hold the door open or am I supposed to say something? Nah, nah, nah. Okay, then you go start something. If you say something, just don't hold the door open. But I, don't, I would feel, I don't know. I feel like I'd feel a little shame if I just saw you and didn't hold the door open. And then, like, now you know that I saw you, we saw each other, and you purposely didn't hold the door open. Like, what's the worst shame? Is that the worst shame? Or, first of all, am I in the right if I just, like, hey, excuse me? I mean, how do I even say that? Like, hey, this is my spot. Like, what do I say? See, I don't think you can say that. Like like I said, I don't think you have to gauge when you want to hold the door open. If she's right behind you, of course you hold the door open. If they got, like like you said, they got to sprint a little bit, Mm -hmm. it might not be the worst thing to let that door close on them. Okay, so in this scenario, she was close enough where... She was closer than the last person. So put it that way. Like, it would be weird if I didn't hold the door. You know what I mean? Now, I could have did the, you know, the holding the door move. You know what you could do if you were, is in first, Trey. I know if you thought about this. You know, I could do the, the thing where I don't actually go behind you. I just kind of hold it. I kind of push it open for you. Oh, I always do that now. Hey, no, that, that's on you. Because I always do that move So, right So maybe I should be doing that then, right? Like, Yeah, because like, I'm already letting you know from the body language, this is my spot. <laughs> you like, let me know. hey, don't play with me. So I'm just kind of like this door with my I, left hand, but my right leg is all the way in line. Don't don't let's not do this now. Yeah, that's one. Of the, I guess that's a good move. You kind of like hold it. All. I don't want. I'm not gonna push it for her to make her catch it. I'm gonna hold it until she makes contact with it, and then I'm gonna let it go. And I'm still in front. 
So I guess I'm yeah. answering my question. So that's my move for now. But I, I don't know. That doesn't feel like gentlemanly, like though. It feels like I should actually let the woman go because part of holding open the door, especially if you you know talking about social cues and stuff, it's also just letting the person go in first, right? It's not just the holding the door. Like, isn't there two parts to that? I don't know. Maybe, I see maybe what I'm you're saying, but if you're gonna steal my spot, like we, I'm just throwing all that out the window. I'm gonna use common sense. That's my rationale. And, it's, but so you know. Again, but to be I'm fair, good. not everybody does do, does that though. So I'm only picking a couple scenarios. So like, I don't should I just hold that previous behavior of other people against her? I mean, that's that's the tough. What you got to do, man? Like, you, <laughs> hey, hey, it is what it is. You got to do what you got to do. All right, so I, it's 2023. Okay, here you go. It's too, it, here you go. It's coming in 2023. Now he's already quoting. I, I knew we, we 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 not even ten minutes into the pod. That's the first time we said it. Okay, all right, we got it out the way, but. All right, I'll have to think about that as I go forward. But anyway, let's get into some football stuff, man, Trey. I'm coming off, and obviously, if anybody hears my voice, I'm feeling pretty good. My voice is a little hoarse because the Dolphins are in the playoffs, Trey. It's been a long road. How are you feeling this week? We've been – why you got to be so negative? I can't have a moment. No. I can't have one moment. Trey, listen, I've already justified this to myself. We're going to be all right. I said, hey, if we get to the playoffs, we get to the playoffs. Now, it was a long, windy road to get there. Injured quarterbacks, injured thumbs here and there, but we back. We back into the playoffs. And Trey, for those who don't know, as we're recording this podcast, not all the playoff seating is finished, especially in the NFC, but in the AFC, it's done. So we are going to be playing the Buffalo Bills. And if you remember, we beat the Buffalo Bills, Trey, in the, in the in the beginning of the year, and then we barely lost to them. I know it's a loss, but we barely lost to them in that snowy weather in uh, Buffalo. So I think we got a good chance if Tua plays. That's the only caveat. Can I ask you this though before you even get started? Yeah. Can Tua, can you put Tua out there knowing his injury risks and he just had another concussion after we saw the Darman Hint? I would how you say his name, the Buffalo Bills player that got injured. Oh, oh after yeah. We yeah. saw that injury. After we saw that incident. Can you put Tua out there in good faith? But that's not that's a different situation, though. I mean, I know, it, I know, it, I know. In, in that case, awards, nobody should be playing football after that, though. If we're being real. Yeah, because because that 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 dude almost lost his life. Now, of course, the brain injury could lose your life, but what two was? I mean, I, I noticed not. Well, we saw, you saw his fingers twisted. Up. It's not like Tua hasn't had some kind of scary okay. incidents on the field this year. Okay, but here's what I was going to say to that: What Tua? Forget the aesthetics of it. Just as far as what's happened, Tua hasn't had anything. Like Tua didn't get, like he got caught off on a stretcher. But other than that, he's had just concussions, which we have guys in the league right now that are playing that have had multiple concussions throughout the year and are still playing because they're able to pass the protocol. So my whole thing is, here's my thing. If Tua passes the protocol and like everything that the league says, right, because you got guys out here with two, three concussions this past year and they keep passing protocols, I feel like it's on that person's decision if they want to play or not. Now, this isn't like 15, 20 years ago, Trey. They know the risk that they're getting into, right? And I know we say save the player from themselves. No, we got to save the player from themselves when they're on the field and currently concussed and they don't know what's going on. But in their full mind, when they know the risk with all the research, you got the concussion movie with Will Smith and all of the, all, everything that's gone on, players know what they want to get into. And if they, if they kind of want to go out there on the sword, how are you going to, as a coach or as an organization, be like, no, you, you can't play? Even though First you're passing all, every protocol from every medical doctor. That's just do you know Do you know how crazy football is? Like, we did a man that's had three concussions, and you were just like, and, you know, he did get caught off in a stretcher, but he's okay. Like, I didn't mean it like I, that, I, but yeah, 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 I know what you mean. 
like it's really just him. Like, you know how kind of violent that sport is? And I love it. I'm gonna still watch it. So like I'm not right. trying to, you know, cast blame on anybody feel guilty for watching it. I've been watching it today for that fact. But I'm just saying right. I don't uh, with all that being said, I'm not really sure if two is gonna play next week. I just don't know if that's the dice that they were on a roll this year, especially at this time concerning everything else that's been going on mm-hmm. in the league. But if y'all if he does play the Dolphins really have a legitimate chance to beat the Bills. Yeah. L- looking on that side of it, yeah, for sure. And, and I agree. I- I'm basically 50-50 with it. Because, I-, I mean, I care about Tua. So I'm going to say, hey, I'm not one of those fans that just don't care about the person. Like, I don't know him, but, you know, he's my guy, right? I don't want anything to happen to somebody. So if, if they feel like it's a risk, I absolutely don't play him. I know it's a playoff game. I know it's whatever, whatever. But it's just what it is, right? That's life. But if he is cleared by the medical doctors – Right. And these people that do this for a living and, and, and remember, Trey, they got the outside doctors. This isn't like team doctors or anything like that. Like neurologists, they got a whole team set up that has nothing vested in these games. Then he's got to go play. And like I said, and I'm going to, I'm going to turn to see if he plays, we got a legit chance and we got a legit. And, and look, Trey, speaking of legit, let me just get off to it for a second. Your boy, Josh Allen, 19 interceptions, Trey on the year leading the NFL. That's your boy. I'm gonna say this. He's a turnover waiting to happen. Like he, let me say and, and let me just say this. The people that were comparing Mahomes and, and putting Josh Allen and Mahomes in the same category, crazy. But go ahead. Okay, no, no, no. I'm happy you brought that up too. That is my boy. Josh Allen does get a lot of leeway. Like he makes decisions where and makes like and he throws interceptions that we would really slam other quarterbacks for doing. Yep. If two, if, if two still, made some of those throws, my goodness. I mean, if Herbert made some of the throws or if Lamar made some of the throws, if any other quarterback made some of the throws, mm-hmm. you know, he does get away with a lot um, in the minds of the average, you know, sports viewers. So I don't really know what that's about. I don't understand it. Uh, I know like what I said, about. Other quarterbacks at his age I don't get away with it. So I really don't understand. But at the end of the day, I mean, you get the good and bad with Josh Allen. Some plays he looks pretty terrible. Other plays he looks like a future Hall of Famer. Um, I think that's just kind of quarterback he is. I think he's kind of like in that Brett Favre mode. Maybe like not where he's mm. throwing the ball 60 yards, kind of like Brett Favre, but where it can go really good or can go really bad. Yeah, I was just about to say that too. He reminds me of just a bigger Brett Favre. And here, and Trey, I, this is what I want to tell you where the leeway started. Because remember, Josh Allen's career didn't start out great for people that don't remember. But everybody crowned this guy Josh Allen as like the next Mahomes or Mahomes because of a playoff game that he lost. Trey, that he lost. Yeah, he I know it lose. wasn't his fault. And he balled. Don't get it twisted. He balled. I don't want anybody to get that confused. But he did. they also did lose the game. Like, it's almost like the situation. Remember we talked about this, like the, the 2017 Carson Wentz theory? Like, people are still expecting Carson Wentz to be 2017 Carson Wentz. And he, they'd be like the almost MVP year. Bro, almost MVP ain't the MVP. Like, he didn't win the MVP. Like, let's relax. So, I think people give Josh Allen leeway because the peak of Josh Allen, like you talked about, Trey, is, is crazy. Is crazy great. So we give him this leeway, like, well, he's going to be risky. That's just kind of the style of play, and he shouldn't really get that. And that's why, to be honest with you, Trey, I, not only is he not a number one quarterback, I mean, he's I, he's not number two or three. I mean, I don't want to go on the list right now, but that that turn that turnover waiting to happen thing isn't great. Like, you know, call it no. what it is. You know, it's not great, like I said, but, I mean, listen, another thing is it's, it's kind of his story, you know, coming from a small college. Dawes were against him. You know, he really didn't. I think he only had two scholarships going into college. Everybody was doubting him when, when he came into the NFL. And for him, TV, even playing at the level he's playing at, I think a little bit of it is just a story that everybody bought into. 
Right, right, right. And I still think he's a great quarterback. He's still great. Don't get it twisted. But I just think there's some some things to uh, you know to look for with Josh Allen that people kind of ignore, like you said. But we're gonna get into some playoff matchups, you know, as it gets going, Trey. But um, you know, we still got the Lions, the Packers game as we record this tonight, so we'll see how that goes. But in general, is there anything you kind of want to see in the playoffs? Any interesting matchups? Anything we should just kind of keep an eye out for? We'll get into specifics, you know, going forward. But I just wanted to see if there's anything you got to keep an eye on. I'm obviously keeping an eye on the Dolphins, but. Well, you know, as uh, Lamar's truth, I have to keep my eye on, on the Ravens. But aside mm-hmm. from that, um, I am kind of curious to see, like, what is Tom Brady going to be able to do this year? I mean, he's, what, 45 going into the playoffs. His team hasn't really been playing that great up until the last, you know, two or three weeks. Mm-hmm. But I still wouldn't want to meet Tom Brady in the playoffs. Like, regardless of Todd Bowles maybe not being the best coach and Buccaneers looking like they're fluctuating as a team, that's still not a quarterback at our one and beating the playoffs. So I'm kind of interested just to see what he's going to be able to cook up in the playoffs, if anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's one of those situations, like, they don't look like the same team, Trey. You're right. They don't look great. But it just feels weird if you play Tom Brady in the playoffs. It just feels like fate. You know what I mean? Like, it feels like – it feels like a movie that you already know the ending to. And does he have another magical run in him? You know what I mean? And now I know, Trey, we had our bold prediction. I know you, you thought maybe even Tom Brady will retire in the middle of the year. Do you think this is his, he's done with this year no matter what, no matter what the result is? Or do you think he's going to be planned? Is he going to play somewhere else? Where you on? Where are you on with the Tom Brady situation going forward? I think he might play somewhere else. In large part, due to the fact that he's uh, going through a divorce, I think as far as he's concerned, and I'm not trying to speak for the man, I guess, because I don't know him, but I just think just how he's built from everything I've seen, I think he's going to look at it like, okay, well, that's done, so I can't save that. So I still love this sport, and I'm still playing at a decently high level, so let me try to find a better location that could uh, really help show my uh, game. Yeah, I won another Super Bowl as if he doesn't have enough. It's ridiculous to me at this Correct. point but yeah but yeah i don't know i, I don't even know the buccaneers again i think if he doesn't have another option i think he's going to retire but i think i think if he can go to san francisco if he can go back to new england if he can go to the raiders if he can go somewhere i think he will play again well let's be clear tom brady always gonna have options so that 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 we both know and like you said the vegas thing was on the table i mean how about the new york jets trade they just lost to us they look like they're just a quarterback away you know the you rumor to- is they're supposed to be one for lamar if he gets if he hits the open market but yeah yeah, so was the other 30, 29 teams in the league. That, that's not Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen. But, yeah, we'll see how that goes. But, no, nah, but, yeah, I'm like, yeah, that's that's a great report. Like, yeah, we're going after Lamar Jackson. Yeah, so is everybody. So let's see if we actually get him. But, hey, that's a valid report. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. I mean, I would love to have him, too. Like, I love Tua, but don't get it twisted. Lamar Jackson on the table, we're going Lamar Jackson. Now, Nolan, you know I'm a bandwagon fan, so I will hop on that Miami bandwagon so quick. No, don't even start. Don't even start. Don't even start. I, 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 I can already see you now get the – Get a Dolphins team. You gonna get a Lamar Jackson jersey? Oh, yeah, you already know that. I'm gonna be a bigger <laughs> fan of you. <laughs> you already know you're gonna be starting doing. You're gonna be texting me about the game. I'll be like, "What's he doing watching the game?" Stop! <laughs> like, hey, stop! I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be watching all their little practices. Hey, I'm gonna know everything about them. You gonna be at, You gonna be at training camp? You gonna be concerned about the preseason <laughs> roster? Stuff we won't even care about. Oh, okay, like, hey, oh hey, you trying to go to a game this year? You already know it. <laughs> that's how exactly how you're going. And that's how you are with the Lakers. And that, that's the transition, folks. That's how exactly how you are with the Lakers. Time out. Has anybody seen the way LeBron's been playing at the age of 38? Man, I got to be I'm honest. I'm waiting. He's been, he been playing all right. He's been playing he all right. like an MVP. Stop. Okay, here we go. No, 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 here no. Go. Hey, 
There you go. If he was on a if he was on a halfway decent team, he'd be in the conversation. And did that because I already know that's a fact. So we ain't even gonna argue it. If he was on a halfway decent team, would he even be putting out these numbers? No, he can. I mean, he okay. He's I'm the, never gonna say LeBron's not capable of that. Let me not get twisted, but yeah, I mean, you got Luca. I mean, I know you're right. I mean, you got Luca putting up 60 and 20 and stuff like that. I mean, you got way too many. I oh mean, yeah, yeah. You got Luca. You got Jokic putting on like 40, 10, and 10. You got Giannis still balling, even though he had a bad game last night or the night before, but still. Wait, George. Well, Trey, can I say something real quick though about the MVP race? And, and yeah. By the way, for people listening, if you ever wondered why don't talk about the MVP stuff and basketball and stuff like that too much, Trey and I really aren't big fans of really talking about midseason MVPs and stuff. It, you you look on like sports media and it's like ten games and people are like, who's the MVP of the league so far? It's like I don't know. It's only been ten games. You know what I mean? Like there's just not yeah, enough kind of data. Yeah, it's kind of really a pointless exercise, but I guess we've got enough data now. We can talk about some candidates. And I know Luke is a candidate, Tatum, Kevin Durant. But, Trey, I'm going to tell you a name that I haven't heard too much, and I don't think this person is going to win the MVP. But this is kind of like the DeRozan pick last year where, like, you need he needs to get some MVP votes even though we know he's not going to win it. Um, where's the Donovan Mitchell votes at? Because what is Cleveland? Like, a, at least a third seed or so in the East. Obviously, the, beyond the 71-point game, he's by, beyond the best player on their team. He's recommitted himself defensively, which you and I have talked about on this podcast when he was with Utah, how poorly he played defensively. He's he's become a very good defender again, obviously playmaker. I, I don't see, I don't hear his name, and I feel like he's got to get some love. So I just want to shout that out. That, no, that's a great, that was a great shout out, really. I think the biggest thing I just want to add real quick for Donovan Mitchell, well, against him that's hurting him, is that he's just playing in Cleveland. And I know what you're going to say is, well, Jokic was playing in Denver, but it took Jokic a little while to actually build up that kind of resume and to kind mm-hmm. of get that kind of fervor around him before we started taking him as an MVP candidate. Same thing with Giannis. When you're playing in those smaller areas, you know, those smaller cities, I know it's not like this 1970s where market size is the biggest, um, you know, it's not the biggest thing in the world, but still, it doesn't matter when you're talking about, like, MVP candidacy because, listen, at the end of the day, the Lakers, the Knicks, even if they're bad, they're going to be on TV more times than the Cleveland Cavaliers. So, the more, like, you're just out there more. More people know yeah. about you. They know about what you're doing. And a point I want to make, that's a good point. Two things I want to mention with the MVP votes. Another thing is the Donovan Mitchell and the Jokic example is, is a good example because the only way the small market thing really wouldn't matter, they got to be like the best team in the league or like the number Correct. one, you know, number one in the, in, in the conference or something where it's like, all right, it doesn't matter where you play. If you're number one in the conference, you get in love. You know what I mean? Like, forget what that is. And then the second thing is, I also think when you're not the number one seed or in a small market and you're like a three, four, five seed or whatever, you have to do something historic to get to get uh, mentioned or to get even the conversation. Because think about it, Trey. Russell Westbrook, what were they, like a six seed or whatever it was? I can't remember. He yeah, had six to, seed. He had to do something historic to win the MVP. Like, he had to literally just average triple-double and had it been done since Oscar. How about Jokic? Can we go through the list of all the stuff Jokic is doing historically? You know what I mean? With the triple-doubles and the usage rate. Just put it this way. He's the best big man, big man passer that we've ever seen. Correct. Something historic. So I think... You know, DeRozan, you, you, people forget about this trade. You remember how DeRozan started getting the MVP love? Remember he had that Jordan record where it was like the 30, what was it, like the 35 points and on like 60 or 50% shooting in like five or 10 straight games. And it was like the only other person who had done that was like Jordan. So yeah. like that was like when he started doing stuff like that and Jordan's name gets mentioned, you're like, okay, well, now we got to talk. You know what I mean? So I think to the Donovan Mitchell point, the reason I think he might get a little bit love now is because, yo, when you get 71-point games, I don't care where you play. I don't care if you play at LA Fitness. So when you score 71 points, it got to be talked about. You know what I mean? So I want to give Donovan Mitchell some love because he wasn't getting a lot of respect. I mean, he really should be on the heat, Trey. And look, like I said, <laughs> I, I got my watch on, Trey, as you know. 
Who's going to be the next player on the Heat? I got my couple list of names. I got Trey Young. I got, I'll take DeMar or Zach Levine. And then you know my wild card, Joel Embiid. I already told you guys about that. Okay, is the Heat, are we going to make a move? Is it likely for us, Trey? Because, like, I mean, I'm watching the games, and I'm like, we're playing nice. We're playing iffy, but we just a piece away. You know what I mean? I, I, think, I, know who, I think I know who somebody you're going to get in a couple of years from now. No, 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 no. I know, no. I want, I want somebody we want now. I want somebody now. Who can we get now? Uh, now? Talk to me. Who can we get now? Because the Trey Young thing can actually happen, but it wouldn't be a this year thing. And then also, I think the Levine thing, if they decide to blow it up, it would be a, it could be a this year thing. But who are you talking about we can get in a couple years? Well, the couple years, I think, if the Dallas Mavericks keep not being able to put a good team around Luka, I think he's going to become discontented. And then I think he could be, he could be a trade piece that Miami may seek out this year. If I had to look at it, maybe Bradley bill, because I mean, there's been some rumblings that he's not happy, but I mean, that's every year. So like, it's just a, I don't even know if I believe that anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? You already know how I feel about Bradley bill. He's a nice player, but I, that ain't really moving the needle. Cause if I'm being real, how much better is Bradley bill than Tyler hero? I want to say a like whole lot. Yeah. I want to say a whole lot. Like he's a better player. Don't get it twisted, but like, is he way better? Like that's no. That's like say, it's not a whole lot. It's not like you said. It's not like you said. No, wide gap between them. Yeah, like I don't know what that does to us in, in that kind of situation. So, you know, I don't know. I'm I'm looking at the Levine situation. I, I kind of want to see where that goes. But oh, and you know what? Honestly, Trey, we'll see how the rest of this year goes. But how about you know we'll see what the KD situation does because if they get bounced out in the playoffs as well too, he still may request a trade. First of all, can we just write it right? Let me write it here down. Let me write this down here. Um, Kyrie's Kyrie's on the Lakers. When is he on the Lakers yet? Because he, hey, no, you know he's on the Lakers no, soon, right? He, he might, he might yeah, but the way he's playing, Brooklyn say, Hey, we, we'll take the flyer at you. Now, Trey, you know <laughs> that Joe Sai ain't feeling Kyrie ever since he made them. We're not gonna rehash them comments ever since he made them comments. Joe Sai ain't feeling Kyrie, so he's basically gone. But anyway, Trey, speaking of Nets, the Nets are improving. The Nets have won where they won like the, the 10-game winning streak or whatever it was. So they had a lot of different situations that, that have come up. And for the first time, they're actually playing some basketball. So are you are, are you moving the needle on the Nets? Anything? Is this real? Are they, are they going to be a, a real contender? Or wh- how are we feeling? Okay, so the- my thoughts on the Nets, I'm happy you said that. It's, it's become it's, – they're coming on everybody's attention recently. Mm-hmm. I think they are – the are contender, and in the sense that they're the third best team in the conference, and that's saying a lot. I mean, if you're the third best team in the East or West, that's saying that you are somewhat a contender. Do I but, think but, but are Boston? they a tier? Are they a tier? Because I was just about to, you, but I think you're about to mention it. Are they? Because yeah. is there like tiers in the East where it's like is Milwaukee and the Boston just clearly ahead of, and then of Brooklyn, and then like Cleveland, or like, or do you put them on the same level as Milwaukee so, and Boston? No, Milwaukee and. I mean, Milwaukee and Boston are clearly ahead of them, but Milwaukee has their own issues with Chris Middleton. And if that continues, then I think the Bucks are probably ahead of Milwaukee. But then they're not ahead of um, Boston, so that's still a bigger issue. Okay, so you, there's a clear tier there. There's a clear, basically, difference there is what you're saying. Okay. Yeah, health is, if health it remains the same, Boston is clearly on top. Even if Chris Middleton's healthy? Yeah, I think, but it becomes a little bit murkier. But I think they still have a slight edge over Milwaukee. Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I feel the same way. But then you see some Nets on a certain nights, and the way they can score, it's like, man. You know, the, here's why I say the, the only thing that's actually holding me back or putting them in that tier, to be honest with you, 
unfortunately, unfortunately, is, is Ben Simmons. Because if he can't be on the court in the fourth quarter because of free throws, whatever the case may be, they're kind of stuck. They gave up James Harden, and they're kind of stuck with that. You know what I mean? And we know Kyrie and KD can get buckets, but we also saw in the playoffs if you load up and you figure it out, you can make it very tough on them and make them inefficient. They're still going to score, but you can make it inefficient for them. So, you know, that's just something I'm looking at. But, Trey, I did want to bring something to your attention now that we're on topic of basketball. I know we don't really do these uh, these hypotheticals or overarching things, but, you know, I've always compared Luka. He reminds me of a modern-day, like, Larry Bird and, like, James Harden put together, like, with the shooting and the size – I guess minus the defense. Well, I guess that would be James Harden if we talk about not defense, right? But anyway, I compare those two a lot. And I hear the comparison with Luka and James Harden just because of their style of play. You saw Luka just have the 60-point, 20-assist game and the usage rate and how every possession goes through them. Now, Luka's not really in his full prime yet. As I don't know if that's fair to say, Trey, because like as, no, as, crazy as, as crazy as it sounds, <laughs> he's probably not even in his full prime yet. But would you take a prime Luka – or would you take a prime Harden? Because that that I think that is such a tough decision. Come and, and let me just clarify. Let's not project. Let's just say what you see of, of Luca now. Maybe he maybe even even better in three years. But let's just say what you um, you know considering what you've seen from both of them now, uh, or our prime Harden back then and Luca now. Who would you take? I think I would take a prime Harden, and the reason is simple. He's just mm-hmm. a better shooter. Like he was just he could be more efficient when he yeah. needed to be, and defense. I mean, like, I know Luke is larger, so you can say, yeah, he could play, he could guard more, multiple positions, but I mean, neither one of them really plays much defense. So, like, neither one of them has the edge in that area. And then, as far as passing, I think Harden's on the same level as Luke, if not even a little bit better. So, like, yeah. I'm not losing anything with Harden, but I'm getting a better shooter. So, here's a, I'm going to take Luca. And here's, and, and I'm, again, I'm only going to go from what I've seen now. Here, here's what I'll say. Now, with the James Harden thing, He's got the, the obviously shooting a better percentage from three, but the most important thing is James Harden shoots way better from the free throw line. You know what I mean? As we yeah. know, you and I know, Luca's got some of the issues there. But here's what I will say: I think the James Harden situation is becomes tougher to pick if he doesn't have what the rule changes are now with the foul calls at the same time. So though he shoots a better percentage, he may not get to the line. I mean, Trey, it was ridiculous. We all remember them days. The it was like twenty twenty. You're shooting like 14, 15, 16 free throws a night. I mean, it got ridiculous. You know what I mean? So if if we take him how the league is played now where they kind of dialed back the free throws a little bit, I'll take Luca. I'll take the bigger guy. He, he could score on a bigger guy. He could score on a smaller guy. He's just a little bit more of a mismatch than James Harden. But overall, I just think it's such an interesting discussion to even have. And then we might have to table this trade for another couple of years because is it even possible for Luca to get any better? How can you get better than 60 and 20? You know what I mean? Like, how, how can you even get better than that? And, Trey, I did want to mention this, by the way. You mentioned about Luca; He may potentially want him to leave. I wanted to know what you thought about this. What if Luca's a guy that just didn't want to actually leave? Because it seems like to me he's a guy that likes putting up a lot of stats and likes having every possession in his control. And so did James Harden. Now, and James it, Harden, did, did James Harden really get fed up or did he just get an opportunity to, to team up with other great players? I don't know. Um, that's a good question. So, uh, to me, where it really comes down to Luca, uh, I think he's also a player that likes winning. I mean, we see that it's evident with how many texts he gets each game. I mean, he almost averages a game. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's evident he likes winning. So I think 
he can still get tired of all the losing in, in Dallas, especially if, you, like you say, he's putting up historic numbers and he's having to carry such a heavy load and it's still not coming in. It's still not amounting to anything. So I could still see him possibly leaving. But even then, we're probably still talking second contract from now, right? Like, I mean, it, it, I, it would... Cause no, because he's on a max right now. So, you know, a lot of players, you know how they do. They sign that max and then they give it back two or three years and they get mad and they force their way out. I just don't think there's no way Mark Cuban lets that happen. Mark Cuban will get that boy a stake in the Dallas Mavericks before he let him go. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just don't think I just don't think that's going to happen. I know what you mean, though. I, I'm not saying he couldn't feel disgruntled, but I think he can maybe feel disgruntled and Mark Cuban will just be like, I'm going to just sell the farm and get another star. You know what I mean? Or something like, I think he will just make sure it makes it happen um, in Dallas. So that's all I think. But hey, I love that. But that's the way I feel with the Heat right now, man. We just kind of stuck in mud. So unless Oladipo turn back the clock and be a star again, which he has been hooping, that's going to be the situation we're going to be in. But anyway, I'm going to obviously look, keep an eye on that. You know, we got a lot of basketball to get into as we go forward. But I want to thank everyone for joining us once again. Obviously, if there's something that you want us to discuss on the podcast, let us know. But we're glad to be back with you guys in 2023. We've got a big year ahead. Uh, a lot of changes coming to the podcast, a new look, um, a couple of things you guys should look forward to. But I, again, I want to thank you guys so much uh, once again. And as we always do at the end, I will swing it to Trey. Uh, again, thank you for joining us as always. Until you hear us again, peace. Oh, oh, Trey, before yeah. you even say peace, I cut you off. College football playoff. Oh. Georgia, TCU. Before we actually, Trey, before you even say that, and we don't actually do this, so this is the first Chavi pod of 2023. But, Trey, those two semifinal games, did you get to catch both of those games? Because I caught games. both of them. Both of them, great games. This is what we actually envisioned the, the actual playoff to be. Like, those games coming out to the wire. Like, this is what it should have been the whole time. But I just wanted to mention that for people that didn't watch it. The TCU-Michigan game was great. I, I, Trey, the end of that third quarter of that game, I think there was like four touchdowns and th- two or three possession changes from an interception or something. It was crazy. But... That game, the Georgia-Ohio State game. But so if, if you guys missed out on that, hey, man, that's what I was doing on Christmas – or not Christmas Eve, on uh, New Year's Eve, watching those two games. But anyway, we got TCU in Georgia tonight – or uh, on Monday. So by the time we drop this pod, it'll be uh, the night of the game. Who you got winning? Uh, I'm going to go with TCU. I'm, I, I'm just Ooh. working for the underdog at this point. I'm going with TCU. And Georgia hasn't really looked all that great um, these last couple of weeks. They have looked a little bit susceptible. And mm-hmm. I think TCU is going to catch them off guard. That's what I'm going with. So it's not just from your heart. You actually think that there's a way that they, they're going to beat them? I think there's a way that they can beat them. Now, they are on the big stage, and this is their first time on a big stage. So uh, it'll Well, be it's a- second time, though. Technically, that was a big stage in the semifinal. Yeah, yeah, but it's only getting hot enough. Yeah, no, yeah, and that defense was looking suspect. So, yeah, you can't do that with Georgia. Yep. So, I'm going to go with. I'm torn, though, Trey. I think Georgia's probably going to win the game, but I'm going to be cheering for TCU. I'm okay to be wrong on this. Like, I'm just just so okay to be wrong on this because the TCU team got a good feel to it, and I think they could have momentum, but I also do feel like an emotional win like that, you know how those go. You know, it's an emotional win. People didn't expect you to do that. And, you know, they may, it may be a little bit too overwhelming for them. So I'm going to say Georgia's going to win, but I will be cheering for TCU. So anyway, Trey, let me swing it to you for the last time. I, I promise once again that we can get out of here. <laughs> uh, like, like I said before, uh, thank you so much for joining us again. As always, until you hear us again, peace. Peace.